This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 415, recorded on September 5th, 2019. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in a blistering. Mike, I, I kind of joked last week that, like, hey, fall's on its way. <laughs> Couldn't be any farther from the truth, it, right? It can't decide, because, like, a few days this week, it's beautiful, low 70s, and then mm. you get other days where it's just super high humidity, high heat, like today. Uh, it's just... You, you can't figure it out. Hopefully, we no. start the trend of getting rid of some of these days. But you know, it's still yeah. clear skies. It's still gorgeous. A few less. As I look at the uh, the Weather Channel app on my uh, Surface RT, looks like 84, 81, 77. And you're thinking, okay, maybe that's it. Nope, 87, 86, 85. So uh, we're not we're not yeah. out of it yet. But uh, is can you can you build those cornhole boards in your garage when oh, it's yeah. that hot, or is it still? No, that's what I do. Yep. You have a garage fan? Uh, I don't. I've been wanting to get one. Actually, that's yeah, what my father-in-law, he was in town this weekend. He's like, you just need a fan. Yeah. But I have a back door in my garage and the garage. Right. So I open the door and the garage. Usually that creates a little bit of a cross breeze yeah. that kind of flows through there. But it's it's not too terrible. You're out of the sun, right? Yeah. It's just the humidity. Like yeah. you walk outside and your shirt's just sticking just to you. sticks to you. Yeah. Um, I need to get one of those big box, industrial box fans. Like 160, 170 bucks like, to go on the deck. Just when we're sitting out there, the other night I was out there and it was just a smidge too hot yeah. where, you know, you kind of, it was kind of stifling. And if I had some, if I'd had a little more wind blowing, it probably would have worked. So I, I tell you though, we had on Saturday of Labor Day weekend, that was probably the most beautiful weather day we've had in Nebraska in a very long time. So much so that, you know, during the day we were outside Husker game day, obviously we were playing cornhole in the yard and then at night we sat around and we started a fire in the fireplace outside yeah. and we all sat around because it just got that really crisp cool air and that fire felt really good yeah. it was the best day on Saturday. well it looks like we got some rain coming and maybe some cooler temperatures of course we have some cool show notes that are we put out there and you'll there'll be a few for tonight head out to the average guy.tv slash hgg415 for this show if you want to catch the show notes and uh you can also join us live on our mobile app i just paid for another year of those, I always forget I have them turned on automatic. I want to thank our Patreon subscribers. I got paid by Patreon as well. So thank our Patreon subscribers for helping us cover the expense of that. HomeGadgetGeeks.com. We thank Patreon. And I thank Christian Johnson. Uh, this week, Christian did a bunch of upgrades to the TheAverageGuy.tv. And Mike, it, it could not be any faster. Like, he has to throttle it just so people don't think it's fake. <laughs> Like yeah, that's the right. That's no, we have to slow it down a little bit so people don't get there and go like, is this actually real? I saw that in the show notes and I went and tested my website and sure enough. And just to let you guys know, he also does have, he has really, um, <laughs> caring and nice customer support. I didn't realize. So I set my website up about a month ago and apparently when I set it up, I did it wrong and I didn't do automatic payments. So he just sent me a nice little message. Hey, uh, Hey Mike, I don't think your automatic payments are working because, uh, you didn't pay your last invoice. So I'm like, Oh, didn't even realize it. He went in and fixed it, but he didn't turn me off or anything. He just, you know, politely messaged me. And, and it was like, it had been a week. And uh, so very, very considerate customer support that he offers well, as well. Well, and let me tell you the story. Cause so on sun Sunday, 
was it Sunday or Sunday, Monday? It's time frame. He's doing some database upgrades to make it even faster. And he doesn't have to. Like, it could just be the way it is. It's already right? blazing fast. Oh, yeah. my God. It's incredible. It's right. as fast as it is. And as stable as it is. And um, so he pings me. And he's like, hey, do you got a backup? And I was like, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I set up backup on that thing. Let me go find it. So go out to Dropbox where I've set the, the backups to go. There's no backups out there. There's some old backups from another website I used to consult on. And, oh, and there's some ones from 2012. <laughs> and <laughs> five years ago, well, no, 2014, five years ago, I shut off the backups for some reason. This this like this tells you how little I've thought about backing up my site because I just trust Christian. Like, I don't. He wants me to have my own backup copy. He's like, no, it's best practice if you have your own. But I got your back. So like I hadn't backed up the site in five years. So the the backups that were on the server because I I use uh, WP backup or something like that. So the copy goes to the server. Copy goes to Dropbox. So we have it just in case. Well, so he restores from what he what he thinks is my backup. And, of course, there's articles from 2014. <laughs> that's the newest stuff that's out there. Oh, no. None of the plugins are there. None of the, like, the theme isn't there. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a mess. I'm like, dude, I am so sorry. Like, I haven't run a backup in five years. And, uh, I, I, first of all, how, how do I get this far? How do I go five years without thinking about a backup? That's how rock solid it is. This tells you just how much I trust it, right? So he's like, all right, give me a give me a little bit. He's rolling some things back, whatever. By that evening, he's like, okay, it's back. And uh, I said, dude, and he's, he's like, yeah, we did this and that, and I got this done. It was super cool. He goes, I said, okay, you, so do you want me to set backups? He goes, again, I always recommend you have your own backups. And uh, so reset those backup, turned them on, verified them, made sure things were going. They're, they're going back to my Dropbox account again. But uh, huge thanks to Christian for that. Again, maplegrovepartners.com. If you think of setting up a site, Mike did this. $10 a month, unlimited, just about everything. Super fast, rock and solid. And throw in the email, too. The email's awesome. He's got web-based yeah. email, and you can just put on your phone for an extra $5 a month. So you, you yeah. just can't beat it. I wish I had been going with him, honestly. I had been doing Google Apps for a lot of my other domains in the past to get email and all that stuff. And it's just so expensive over there, and getting out of that ecosystem is so hard. Uh, just I, I didn't realize that he had that option to add just for five bucks and get email. If you normally don't make it to the end of the show, we usually thank Christian at the end, but so much good work by him this week in fixing. Hey, if this had been any other provider, I'd have been down. Listen, I'd been down for the count. Like I didn't have Mike. I didn't. I literally, yeah. I had October 2014. That's all I had. And, and I, could I have reconstructed it? Maybe. Not without, it would have been weeks of work to put all that back together. And so, um, and there's other providers that do that as well, but Christian did a bang up job, very little drama, took care of it. Christian, thanks for your work. And, uh, and if you're, if you're in, like I said, if you're interested in starting a site, maplegrovepartners.com plans are 10 bucks, get out there as little as $10, get out there and get that done. I want to thank Ross brand did a bang up job. Ross is the master marketer when it comes to audio and video and he marketed that thing all week and it may have set records as far as viewers and those kinds of things so ross thanks for your time last week a lot of time talking about youtube a lot of soul searching on my end what am i going to do i kind of just decided mike at the end so if you haven't listened to it spoiler alert i've been struggling how much more work do i do to make youtube work for me 
and I'm going to just keep doing what I was doing. So if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm just going to put it out there. I'm not going to try and game it. I'll put tags and I'm going to change. I am going to change the, the, the album art. So it looks a little better than just, uh, you know, just the green home gadget geeks. The reason I did that, Mike, is that way I thought people would be able to find it quickly on YouTube. It would set it out. That's a very distinctive logo. Right. And, would, and so if I were looking through YouTube for my stuff, I would see it faster because it's the brand. Apparently, I don't get any honor on YouTube for doing that. They want these crazy pictures of people you know, and then words and yellow letters and maybe some of the ugliest art, ugliest, ugliest art I've ever seen. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and it just goes back to that thing of, do you want to find new listeners? Because the thing you just described is great, actually, for me. I do appreciate that because when I'm scrolling through, I notice the logo. and that. But I'm someone who's already looking for your podcast. If you're looking to get a new audience, it's just not going to attract someone to click on it, right? Yeah, no, I guess not. I guess not. I guess. It's not the, oh, my gosh. I guess. Oh, my gosh. You wouldn't believe 20 pounds in two days. You won't believe what Mike said next. Yeah. Uh, we had a good time with it. It does cause me, man. I I get all wound up. I get wrapped around the axle on this. I On all Friday and Saturday, this is all I thought about. And I tried doing some, I thought, okay, I was going to break some things up and do some other stuff. And then I said, you know what? I'm not happy doing all those things. Like, and it, so, yeah, I'm not going to get the reach on YouTube and some of those kinds of things. I'm just not happy doing them. It doesn't make me happy. And what makes me happy is blowing through the production, dropping this on audio. You know, we're getting, I don't know, six to 800 downloads now on audio. The video RSS feeds do pretty well. There are a hundred plus on both sides, sometimes more. Good enough. Good enough. And listen, if you're listening to this right now, you're in your car or you're walking the dog or on a bike or whatever, I appreciate you just listening. We, I think we just want to be a community podcast. And I don't know if I want to deal with all the negative garbage that comes along with tens of thousands of subscribers. We do have a thousand. I think I have 1200 subscribers out on YouTube. It's not enough, but it's still good. It's still good. And I appreciate your guys' loyalty to the podcast. So great discussion caused me to think a lot, Mike, if you guys have any feedback on that, if you want to tell me what you like, or you want to tell me what you prefer uh, or some other things, or just tell me what to do. I've, apparently there's folks who love to tell me just what to do. You can send me an email, <laughs> J- Jim at the average. I'm joking. Jim at the, not really Jim at the average guy.tv. And uh, I love to hear from you. I saw Tony put in a comment, Tony, thanks to you. Tony is getting uh, uh, great at getting guests on. And so Frank and Joss from next cloud are coming on in a couple weeks here, three, four weeks. And so uh, Tony, thanks for getting that done as well. I got emails from both of them and they were like, I think it was, on Twitter. And they're like, apparently we're supposed to be on your show. <laughs> okay. Apparently. Well, yeah. yeah. That, that sounds great. <laughs> that sounds awesome. They, they said they like coming on shows in uh, doing this. So uh, Tony, thanks for that. If you got, if you have somebody you want us to interview, we've got after next week, Ryan is coming on. So it'd be fun to have him on. He came into Omaha. Mike and I got a chance to meet him at, at pizza West and uh, meet his family and enjoy time. He'll be on next week. 17th is a little bit of a, is a little bit, is a little open at this point. Not sure where I'm going with that one. And then three brand new guests you've never heard from over the next three weeks. So you kind of want to stay tuned in to all those things that are going on. Join us in the Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash the average guy, or I think you can just go to the average guy.tv slash Facebook and then discord, the average guy.tv slash discord. Mike, you have been building cornhole. Like we just talked about this in pre-show, like you do nothing once. No. It's got it. You got and so so. Tell me these cornhole boards for everybody who who knows. It's a game 
kind of a board. It's, you know, four by three or whatever, four, four by, by two. two. Yep. Four, four by two in a hole and you throw the corn bags with corn in them. But what, what got you into building these? And this is going to lead to a, a, a kind of a tech tip gadget that we have for you. But what got you into building these things? So it started, you know, a while ago, a few years ago, I was over at a buddy's house and he just, his dad, actually, we were hanging out as a college roommate of mine. His dad happened to be working on one of these and, and we helped him for an afternoon and it was, it was a ton of fun. And it was just, a, I saw it as a really cool project and cornhole is one of those things. If you're in, if you're in actually, if you're a tailgater, really anywhere in the U S but it's especially popular here in the Midwest. Um, people just really like these cornhole boards and they sell them commercially at like your Shields, your Dick Sporting Goods, your outdoor stores, but they're extremely expensive uh, for not very good quality boards. So you're going to pay like between 160 and 200 dollars for some pretty flimsy, uh, not very well put together boards. Decent, I mean, they'll do the job, but uh, you can you can build it a lot better. So I actually we have a very cheap set that have been getting us through. And it, they finally started to wither away. And I, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to buy it. I'm buy a new set. It's, it's Husker game day. So this was last week. I was like, I'm just going to buy a set. And I started looking at the prices. I'm like, you know, all right, this could be kind of fun. I could build one of these. And so they're okay. Let, let me just, let me go and, and see how this goes by myself. Cause I've done it before, but I've never done it all on my own. Right. And so, um, went, went to Lowe's and Hannah and I threw together a set for ourselves and I can actually show a picture real quick here of that while I'm talking. But, um, so what got me into it was really just, I love building. And when I go to work and I have to use my brain all day and I'm just mentally exhausted. Coming home and working with your hands is just one of the best things ever. I've, I've learned that about myself, whatever it is. Um, you know, you see all the tools behind me. I'm usually doing projects back here, whether it's building stuff for Hannah. Uh, we built a coat rack and I just, I just really enjoy it. And so I went to Lowe's and I grabbed all the parts and I realized that this is actually, they're not they're not too expensive to put together, um, but they take a lot of time is what they take. So what I've learned in this entire process is if, if you are paying someone to make you a custom cornhole board, so long story short, ours went really well. So now I'm making them for other people and selling these boards. Uh, just know that if you see the price on these things on a Facebook marketplace or something like that, and you start to kind of balk at the price, these take a lot of time. And if it's a very well put together set, you can easily throw these things together and do a sloppy job. If you're taking the time to do it right, uh, you know it takes it takes a long time. So you're paying for someone's time. But let's see here if I can share just an application. I'll bring that up and I'll throw it into the throw it in the video. Um, Mike, oftentimes when you're building things this way, and I'm a big this old house, and and uh, if you know um, if you've watched this old house, you know that they make jigs for everything. The guy I forget his name, uh, Tom Silva who's their main carpenter. He has a jig for everything. We're going to talk a little bit about a really cool jig that you're doing for this, but uh, you're showing this, these are, these are some that you just made. Yeah. So this is the set that I made for Hannah and I. And so we put kind of, so we, we got the frame all together and we obviously taped down a kind of custom design. And then we used a combination of stain and paint. So obviously the dark side there, it's kind of hard to see in this photo, but you can still see the green. That's uh, a stain. Um, and then we painted the, the, the line in, and then the W actually for Uyghur last name is um, we used Hannah's mom's Cricut. If you guys have ever used a Cricut machine, they're really cool. You can print any sort of design into um, a lot of different materials. We used a kind of, um, I'm totally forgetting the name of it, kind of like that sticky vinyl 
is what it is. And then I was kind of worried about that peeling off, but really you have to do so many layers of polymer on the top of this thing to get it to slide right. So we did six layers of poly on this. So you do a layer of poly, wait three hours, do a layer of poly, wait. You On your second to last layer of poly, you sand to get it really nice and smooth. And then you on your last layer, you're really just doing it really thin, almost just to get, you know, finish it up. Um, so you're doing a really thin, thin last layer and it covered everything up. So that W is not going anywhere. I, you can even go, you're, you know, you can try it. You're not going to get to it. There's so many layers of poly underneath there. So, uh, so that's what they turned out. They turned out actually pretty good. I've got a handle on this side, uh, a rope handle that you can kind of hold them together. And I think what I'm actually going to do now that I have it, I think I'm going to put an eyelet hole on one side of one and on the opposite side of the other board and then connect it with like a strap. So you could throw it over your shoulder and it's connected to both boards. So, you know, if you're carrying it a long distance, the one thing about these boards, so these are regulation size, uh, four by two, and they're used with two by fours and three quarter inch plywood on top. They're pretty heavy. I mean, that's a lot of lumber there, which makes it great for, they don't budge. Like if you're playing on cement, these things aren't bouncing on you. They're not moving. They're staying solid, which is great. You want the weight, but getting them to your destination can sometimes be, uh, be a little bit of a challenge. So, uh, so yeah, that's what that's what I've been working on and building. It turned into a, a family project because I love the the construction side of it, right? Getting it all put together. And Hannah is really enjoying the painting, setting up the monogram, doing whatever designs. And so she's really been all about that. So she's in charge of all painting and everything. She does a much better job than I do. I get I'm too impatient. I'm like, okay, come on, let's go. And I start to rush stuff and it, it doesn't work out well. So no, she's doing not, that. Not with painting. But uh, oh, go ahead. Oh yeah, go for it. No, no, go ahead. So I think what this was leading to was the one item that I think if you guys are doing any sort of woodworking, uh, I found a really cool tool. Um, and I'm sure you guys, if you, if you're, if you're big into woodworking, you probably already know about it, but if you're kind of new to it, um, in our set that you just saw with Hannah and I, I had not used this tool. Uh, and so in our set, when you're putting together the two by fours, you see the screws on the outside. So the frame of that board set, you see obviously the screw holes on the outside um, that go into that construct the outside uh, four foot pieces to the inner um, 28 inch pieces. And so what you can do though, is you can actually do pocket holes and a pocket hole is on the inside underneath there are holes that go in at an angle. And if you guys have looked at any decent furniture, you know what I'm talking about. It's on the inside. It's nice. If you look at the inside of like your coffee table, look up underneath it. Um, and they hide the holes because they're underneath, they're on the back and they're at an angle. And even if they weren't underneath or if they weren't a place you could see it, you can actually fill the holes in with plugs. Uh, so you can plug it back in because of the way it does it. So this Craig jig has been really nice to use. It's K-R-E-G for those of you not watching on the uh, on the video side. So K-R-E-G, you can get this at Lowe's, Home Depot, Menards. You can get it online, Amazon, wherever you go. I would suggest going to Lowe's or Home Depot because they run sales on these a lot because they're a little bit expensive. But the version I got is the Craig Pocket Hold Jig 320. So this version is not any sort of jig that you would mount to like a table. This jig is going directly on the wood. It's got a latch. So it latches on to the end. You set your depth. You set what kind of thickness wood you're using. Um, and it comes with the jig. So that's what's going. You're, you're putting that on the wood so you can have a nice hole to drill into. And then it comes with the drill bit as well. You'd put in your drill with the stopper. So you set your stopper at the length 
Um, yeah, this is a perfect picture. Um, for those of you who aren't uh, watching the video, so it clamps onto the wood. You comes with the drill bit with the stopper. So it's it could not be any easier because once you have set all the settings on the jig correctly, you put this thing down, you drill until the stopper hits the the jig, and you've got a perfect pocket hole. And uh, it, it works really really well. It's super easy to use. This version is uh, thirty nine dollars. Is like if you get it from Craig.com. I got it for twenty eight on uh, at Lowe's and it just it couldn't be easier and i would suggest there's one extra tool i would get and it's it's called the i don't know what it's called it's the craig clamp and what it does is if you are doing anything with one person you'll have an extra set of hands what the clamp does is once you get all your pocket holes drilled you're going to have two pieces of wood that are trying to come together usually at a 90 degree angle and what the what the clamp is going to do is the clamp actually goes into one of the pocket holes and then it clamps to the other piece of wood and when you clamp it down it creates a perfect 90 degree angle and it holds it together so if you're doing it one with one person you're not having to like straddle the boards hold it with your knees make pressure you're in your then it's something's always slipping and moving um so i see jim's trying to look for on the website here i'm not sure oh there it is so uh, scroll down a bit. It's actually the second one in from the left on the second row. So this clamp, it's the right angle clamp, and uh, oh, the other one. Oh, sorry, the, the one right, the one right to the left of that. All right, hold on. Just to go back real quick. Yeah, no worries. To the right, this this second one, one in on the left. Second one. Oh, this one. This right angle clamp. Yes. Okay. Super simple. Uh, you, it's actually pretty expensive. Yeah, it's like forty dollars, um, but it is worth its money because of the the size of the just the way it's constructed. You're not going to find another clamp that can do this very well because it actually goes into the pocket hole and pulls that thing together at a ninety degree angle. So you're getting right in. You know you've got the right spot, and then you can always just uh, since you're doing two pocket holes when you take one screw out you can put it in the other hole if you want to and uh, clamp it together so it really if, if you're a two-man shop you probably don't need this if someone's can help you hold it at a 90 degree angle even then though it just it makes it makes life super easy so not a tech gadget per se but for all you guys out there who like to work around the garage like to build stuff once I did this for the first time on cornhole boards, I went back and looked at all the things I've made and realized that you can use this in every woodworking project you do. Um, anything where you have two boards coming together, uh, if you do the pocket holes, it's going to look so much better, so much cleaner than you know having the screw holes on the side. So I'm really excited to actually use it on a bunch of other projects because cornhole boards, they're cornhole boards, right? Like they're outside. Does it, does it need to be that nice looking? No, I just kind of want it to be. Uh, but for any sort of furniture you're making, it'll, it'll make a really, really nice pocket hole. Other Jim said, uh, back to my reference about Tom Silva, he thinks Norm is the master carpenter. And I think that's true. Uh, Norm used to have a show called the New Yankee Workshop. If you, you're you into wood, like these guys, the tech. And lately, I've been watching a ton of this old house. They've been getting super nerdy. Like they're talking about Nest thermostats. I think they did a uh, one on an Ecobee. They're talking a ton about tankless water heaters. They've I mean, they, they've really gone all the gadgets over there. Um, Norm is master. Tom Silva, I think, general contractor, but he's a pretty good carpenter as well. He is the jig master. That guy gets a jig for everything that he does. He doesn't leave anything for chance. He's like, nope. He'll spend an, an hour or two making a jig just to make sure he gets the thing That's right. my father-in-law. And I didn't, I didn't even think about it, but he's, I was constantly doing the measuring tape tape you know and then pull it over to the miter saw and, and do it he's like why don't we just make a jig that you can just slide these things till it hits the thing and we can just we could crank through i'm like 
I don't know because it's not going to take that long. But uh, but yeah, yeah but making a jig does, definitely does help. It does. Yeah. And no. Yeah. Get the it right only other two uh, two pieces of advice I would give you: if you guys are doing this, your workshop makes a difference. Set it up to be the most functional workshop you can have. There are two simple things that I have in my garage that make it the best place for me to do all this. And all it is is you know I have an air compressor, so I use for my. Uh, I think it was. Um, Ron in the chat was talking about getting a Brad nailer and I actually have one and I use it with my air compressor, but in my air compressor, I have a hose that I have nailed up the wall, up onto the ceiling and into one of those big, huge round retractable hoses. And having that on the ceiling, I can just grab that from anywhere and yank it, pull it over, let it go. And it goes right back up to the ceiling, keeps everything clean. I would not use my compressor as much if I didn't have that hose just always there. I mean, I don't have to unwind a hose. I don't have to wind it back up. I don't have to make sure putting stuff away. And then I have the same thing for electrical power in my garage. So I have one of those circular retractable ones that's up in the ceiling plugged in. I just pull the power down. I pull the air down. So being able to do that, and I use it all the time to spray out all the sawdust or use the brad nailer. And so just having a place that's functional and I have a table, a collapsible table that's out there with my saw on it that I, it fits perfectly in a spot when I pull my cars in so I can park my cars in the garage pull my Jeep out, pull my table and my workshop's ready to go. So, you know, think about those little things that, yeah, that retractable thing might cost 60 bucks at first, but man, does it save you a bunch of time, bunch of hassle. You're going to actually use your tools more when you have just, just accessible. Um, and having it mounted to the ceiling I found is the best because then it's right where you need it and it stays out of your way. You're not going to hit it, uh, but it's always there. I use it to fill up our car tires, you know, pull down the compressed air. It's right there and, and just go. Just, yeah. Good, good advice. I think if you, this is where my mistake, I don't set things, I don't take the time to set them up properly. So I'm always fighting with them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I need, I need to well, do a better this job. stuff's already hard enough. You don't need little things right. giving you one more excuse to be like, oh gosh, this just yeah. sucks. Right. Uh, so, Tony says he loves his battery powered nailers. Ooh, Those I'm are jealous. Yeah. Those super, are nice. Super handy. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're not as fast. Like you got to kind of wait for that to reset and re, you know, do whatever you hear those. At least some of the, at least some of the older ones, you would shoot those and you kind of got to wait a second for that thing to reset. So not as fast in my experience as a air compressor nailer. And I've got a couple nailers too. My, I don't have a Brad, but I've got a finished nailer um, that I really like um, a lot. Uh, Tony said he uses, uh, he used the, the Craig jig for crown molding. Oh, that's a good idea. That'd be another. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't no, think about not. that. Yeah. Yeah, good, good, uh, and put the crown molding together first, and then put the crown molding up. Like if you got a corner, put your corner together first, glue it, get it square, work with it down below, get it perfect, then put it in the space. You have to have yeah. some, you have to have some square spaces to get that done. But a uh, good way uh, to get it done, Mike. That's super cool, and I, and I think that's some of the garage tech stuff that you know. There's just some really handy things uh, from you know flashlights to to you know cables retractable cables to uh, tables I, I what i really need in my garage is a movable you know but so you can lock the wheels but unlock them and move that table around that's mm -hmm. kind of a general purpose table and so you can do you can use it as an extension for your chop saw you could use it as the extender for your table saw you could put some things on it if you you know if you need to work on it you could build things on top of it slide it around, move it around. It needs to have the holes where you can put things up against it, you know, put dowels down in there to hold those things in a clamp as well as a vice, a wood vice. 
there's tons of plans, by the way, on the internet. You can find those and literally just order the wood or buy the wood and put them together yourself. Yeah. And uh, it's another another project for another weekend. Are you you're, sell, you're building these things and selling them too? Is that what you're doing for, yeah. for people who want that? Yep. So, uh, okay. you know, we're not shipping them anywhere, so it really right, had to be right. local. Um, no. But then the other basic thing about the garage, we for, I forget about simple technology. Like, I like listening to music in the garage. You know, sometimes you forget the simplest solution is just the best. Uh, just a, a $25 now, I think they are, Chromecast Audio. Just get the audio version and plug that into a speaker. And then I've got my phone there with Spotify that connects to a Chromecast Audio. And you've got wireless music going wherever you need to. I kind of forgot how nice those Chromecast audios are because a lot of times you don't want to, you know, I don't have a TV out there. I don't watch TV in my garage very often, but I still want to be able to listen to music. And those little Chromecast audios are, are fantastic little devices that still work really well. Years ago, I got a little a Bluetooth uh, audio box. Uh, this one actually will take phone calls as well. You can attach oh, Bluetooth. Cool. This guy will speaker to it. Um, I have found this handy fact it's kind of dirty because I just grab it, turn it on. I leave it plugged in all the time. Turn it on, Bluetooth. It's already recognized on the phone. I can play anything off of it. Move this thing around. Just kind of really handy. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, power. You could plug. I could plug. I have a line in to it if, if I want to do it. I reviewed this Alexar uh, when we first got it. But I think having a little handy portable Bluetooth speaker. Also not a bad option to have, you know, yeah, tra- traits around the yard, have one outside that you, um, uh, you know, that you can use kind of in a pinch. It needs to be handy. That's the thing. Like yep. if you've put it away somewhere, yeah, you may or may not actually go find it to get it out. Um, it is kind of one of those things. I find when I just leave it in the garage, charging in the garage, although that's not the best for it, right? It gets pretty hot out there and it gets pretty cold out there in the winter. Not great for the battery, but I yeah. find the more handy it is, the better. I've actually found I'm putting a lot of my battery, battery. What am I, what am I from? Battery. Wisconsin? <laughs> yeah. My battery. Um, so I put a lot of the batteries on the, um, uh, we have a pantry right before you go outside and it's got power right behind it. And it kind of rigged up just a battery station. It's inside. So there's not temperature fluctuations, but it's, it's kind of not inside either. Like this, that pantry area kind of is the an extension of the garage so to speak okay. in everybody's mind right so another good way temperature is really hard on batteries so yeah you know another good way to have kind of a station i've got one here back here i can't really see this let's let's i've got one up on the top of this on the other side of the scar humidor here it's kind of the battery station over here everything xbox battery anything that requires a charger any kind of those things all in one place right about a five yeah little tower, five USB and some power, right? You've got one of those too? Yeah, same thing. I got it right over here. You can't see it, but it's over in that corner of the workbench. Uh, I've got power running over there to chargers. And then I've got actually in the slot where the workbench came in. That's where I just store all the rechargeable batteries. So all the rechargeable double A's, triple A's, things like that over there, drill batteries. Um, And then for the drone, I actually ran the charger right over to where those batteries are. If I can point to it, those batteries for the drone are right there. And I just ran the power right there. So I can just charge them wherever they uh, they are supposed to yeah. be. No. Super good. Organization. Uh, it's, uh, it helps. I know. Yeah. I'm not the best at it, to be honest with you. But, but um, Mike, we had, um, when we had um, hmm. <sighs> shots of history, 
Cody Wheat. There we go. When we had Cody Wheat uh, on the podcast a couple weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, he talked about making the perfect ice balls, right? And, and, or the perfect ice cube, right? So, of course, we couldn't be, uh, let me, let me switch over to this in, uh, as I share my screen, because you'll want to see this too. Maybe this is a good one to come watch the, the video on. So, I got a tweet, Peter. Peter sent me a tweet this week <laughs> uh, to both of us. Said, hey, here's what you guys need for that the next cocktail. And LG's new refrigerator promises clear ice balls for your home, neat pours. And so if you click, you get if you move into that, you can see the LG's new making these things and blah, blah, blah. And it's got a little section for it down here below, and it'll make it for you. And then you kind of go, Wow, I wonder, I wonder how much this thing costs. If you're just and I know it's not just the ice balls that make this thing expensive, but Forty-three ninety-nine. <laughs> yeah, yikes! Right, but uh, Peter, thanks for sending that tweet in. I don't know if I could. That's ever... a pretty awesome well, refrigerator, though. Look it, at that with the Insta View. Yeah, yeah. And oh, by the way, you can. There's a button you can push in it. It obscures the view into the fridge, so you can either have clear or it's. I'm sure it's a white kind of whatever that is. Yeah, that, you know, uh, frosts frosts up that glass. Um, and what's really popular on these kinds of fridges is the door is actually a double door. So you open it once and you get to some set of shelves, close it, open it on a different handle and it, it, it grabs that shelf and pulls it with it. And there's another set of shelves behind it. Oh, and, um, <laughs> I was out, I was out with Sammy. I don't know if this is one of those. Um, you're getting a good look at the, the shelf there. I don't know. Let me see if there's a picture here. Uh, freezer on the bottom. They don't. I don't know if this was one of these, but I was out with Samantha and you've all heard her on the podcast. She closes it. She goes, what's this handle for? She grabs it and opens it up and there's a whole nother shelf behind it. And she, she literally just goes, <laughs> blow, blew her mind. She's like, what is this wizardry? And, um, and so a uh, pretty nice fridge. Uh, so, uh, Peter, thanks for sending, uh, and, and Tony, you're really good about doing this too. Tony has some of the most interesting tweets. I don't know how he finds time to do it all. Just to be honest, he must subscribe. He finds good stuff too. Yeah, he really does. Uh, I want to know on this fridge, how are they making the perfect ice ball in a fridge freezer? Oh, that's a good, yeah, that's a good question. Let's, yeah. let's see if we've got some. From what we heard, it's, it's a very difficult task. It's not something that's, it's very easy to do. Um, so it says the craft ice that's the, and they have that trademark device boasts a few options. Of course, it makes standard cubes, which can be dispensed in their original form or crushed. The mechanism also makes cool ice spheres. I guess they're not balls, but <laughs> I thought of saying ice balls. Sounds yeah. like. LG's exclusive ice craft slow melting round ice maker automatically makes upscale craft ice at home without the work, explains the marketing materials. No more time consuming molds that only produce one or two at a time. The balls are two inches, two inches in diameter. Sorry, it's really hard to say that. And weigh about 1.13 uh, pounds a pop. The refrigerator can churn out Three every 24 hours. And that's not much more than one, just to be honest. No, it's not. And two <laughs> inches in diameter is not that big. No, they're not. They're like these tiny, they're like, they're ice cubes, but just in a round shape. That's almost like they said they've doubled the production of most ice cube 
of most single ice cube makers, right? You know, you're like, yeah, one to two, but like, if what if I was making cocktails for six people? Like, I right. store up ice for a month. Not really. <laughs> the refrigerator can churn out three every 24 hours uh, and features a dedicated area that can store up to 25 of them. So what you're seeing is the storage area um, for that. So let's see if there's anything, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, notably the balls are clear. <laughs> don't, ex- <laughs> sorry, don't expect, I'm like a seventh grader. Don't expect full on cold draft protection, but they're still pretty damn clear. And that's their words, not mine above anything else on the consumer end. Uh, alas, the new InstaView starts at 3,999, but it also comes with the namesake InstaView panel that turns from opaque to clear, allowing you to see or hide the contents of your fridge without opening the door. So there you go. Peter, thanks. Another one of those things of like, why, why can't I just open the door? <laughs> I don't, you know, it's like, what are you really saving me? I still got to stand there. I still got to do something. Well, now, but the, can the, you view it from an app? Like, is it a camera oh. that, that I can view from an app? Cause that, right. that's a game changer. That's what I need is I'm at the store. Shoot. How full was that milk? I can't remember. Hey, just pop up the camera. It's the inside of my thing. That would yeah. that would be cool. Maybe a camera that would run down the like a track on the inside, so you could go, you could see the various shows. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, it's otherwise it's, I'm just gonna open the door. Four thousand dollar fridge. Um, well, okay, but there's people like in this who are very proud of the way they stack their food in their fridge. It's none of us, um, but. <laughs> Serial killers, maybe. <laughs> well, in every marketing material, even even the pictures they had here, you know, of course, the food is stacked in the neatest of containers, and it's perfect. Like, but you know, that doesn't last. Like, you know, at two thirty in the morning when you're in there tearing into some food because you're hungry, you ruin the whole system, right? Oh yeah. Um. So uh, Joe says the Samsung fridges uh, have that. So that's have the uh, camera. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Let's just not go there. They, uh, yeah, and I, I think Joe says they have to add features somehow, right? I mean, it is kind of right. What what else do you do? Um, yeah, you, how do you? It's you true. Gotta, you got to kind of have something. Although I still don't think people are going out and buying a fridge just for the features. You're buying a fridge because you either moved into a new house that doesn't have one, or your other one went out. So I don't think I don't think they need to innovate too much. Mike, I think the the wealthy don't care. They they go in, they see this. Hey, yeah, that's true. It's I know it's four thousand bucks, but that means nothing to the wealthy, right? Yeah, that's true. And not knocking people who can do this, by the way. If you've earned enough money to be able to do this, awesome. And you're probably not listening to this podcast, but because you have people who do the tech for you. But um, you know, four thousand, okay, yeah, I have the coolest fridge. Like that's in a kitchen you just spent a hundred and fifty thousand dollars on or more. Like if you got a high end kitchen, top of the line, you're putting this kind of thing in, you've just spent maybe a quarter of a million just on your kitchen. Yeah, that's right? true. You know, so four thousand dollars doesn't seem uh, doesn't seem that much. I, on the other hand, have a beer fridge that was three hundred and ninety nine dollars or whatever that's sitting over here, and it has a big ten year warranty thing slapped on the front of it because it's like. They had to at least have something to sell, <laughs> to sell the fridge because it's just a fridge. It doesn't have anything in it. No ice maker. No. Oh, nothing. yeah. I just wanted it for beer, right? My beer fridge was $5 from a neighbor. 
from the next door app. I was like, anyone have an old uh, thing? I don't even know if it works. It's been in my basement for years. I'm like, good enough. Just just need yeah. to keep my beer cold in the basement. Yeah. A- Andrew says he just found a fridge online for 500 bucks. Yeah, totally doable. And uh, Joe says, or they finance them for six years or maybe 10. You know, you know yeah. that's 10 years uh, financing a fridge. <laughs> not smart no, financial hopefully choices. hopefully if you can't afford it like uh, you shouldn't do that with with just a fridge it just brian regan has a good skit he's like just keeps your food cold right that's this one six hundred dollars keeps your food cold this yeah. one nine hundred dollars keeps your food cold <laughs> this one fifteen hundred dollars guess what keeps your food cold so yeah. you know I, I think be careful but peter thanks for that tweet i appreciate that jim uh, or jay collison on twitter if you want to jump out there there's still a lot of activity on twitter i i surprise people all the time when i tell them you know yeah i'm i'm, I'm still doing twitter like because i'll mention that and like you're on you're still in there's just still people on twitter and i'm actually like in the tech community it's pretty it's still pretty popular so um we haven't given up on twitter yet if you want to tweet at me at jay collison mike i cannot let plex go like i don't know what have you been is. trying to let plex go yes i even canceled my monthly you know i had a monthly okay. subscription yeah, to you it. really need to get on the lifetime of that every time you say that it reminds me i'm not on a lifetime pass i'm still paying monthly <laughs> yeah and there was just a deal i think there was just a deal for a pretty inexpensive hundred dollars maybe for lifetime but okay. here's the deal like i've quit the i've quit the monthly pass enough that i'm like i you know, I don't, I, I don't know. So big stink in the, in the, in the, um, in the Plex community over the last week, they made an announcement two weeks ago, they're getting rid of the yeah. TV interface and then they backtracked on that. Um, good, good conversation over with, with Josh and, and Richard over to entertainment 2.0 on the podcast. If you're not listening to that, you should be, those guys are, those guys are pretty great, super thorough, real pro. You want to head over there and listen to that as well. So a bunch of conversation. They backtracked on the TV, but they're like, oh, okay, well, we'll keep it around uh, kind of for a while. Um, not not my reasoning. Um, I uh, Football season's coming around again, and I don't know what sparked it, but um, I just said, you know, I think I'm going to give, um, I think I'm going to give Plex another try. I've actually installed it on the NVIDIA Shield. And so I'm using the Shield as kind of the, the you know, the um, server for that. Right. And it's having a lot of problems with it. Like it was stuttering. And I, I always watch through the browser, right? I always watch through the browser on Chrome. And it was stuttering a lot. And I really thought it was the NVIDIA Shield. I posted it to the Discord group. I think that's where it went. We had a lot of the conversations around it. And um, I thought, you know, maybe I should try a native app on this thing. Sure enough, it's the browser. The browser versions with the way I'm doing it on the NVIDIA Shield, for whatever reason, cause the video to stutter. Now, not all the time, but it'll go for a while, and then it'll just skip. And it'll go maybe for another two minutes, and then it'll just skip. Oh, and this is live TV you're trying to watch? No, in this case, it's just the recorded stuff. Oh, um, that's even worse. Yeah, I have I have since. So I have plugged in a 500 gig heart spinner, hard drive yeah. on the dock, USB 3. Plenty fast, should do it just fine. Shouldn't 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 be a problem there. Just for some extra storage on that thing works out pretty well. So I use the Windows app and no problems. Plays perfect. Actually, it looks great. Um, some comments. I think it uh, maybe J- uh, Simmons, Jason, right? Jason Simmons. Did I get that right? Is it Justin? Yeah. Justin. Justin said um, uh, he thought he hates 
he, he thinks the app is junk and it's not the word he used. <laughs> uh, and I respect that. I don't use it a lot. It's not the greatest. The Windows app is not the greatest, but it did play really well. I mean, that Windows app looks beautiful compared to the to the browser app. And um, and so I don't know. I it was it again. Um, it was it was one of those things. And then of course I heard about all this controversy around the them giving up support on the TV on TV mode and some of those other things. So it got me kind of digging into it. But Plex just kind of continues to hang out there. And then this week an article came out in the Verge. Um, talking a little bit about how Plex's plan is to kind of be the center of everything. So not necessarily trying to provide Disney Plus or Netflix or HBO content, not be the originator of it, but be able to push that kind of content through Plex so you can go to one place to get that. And Mike, that seems pretty attractive because we've gone all a cart on all these things. You can do this on your Roku app. You can do this on your NVIDIA Shield right? You can kind of consolidate these into at least one device. Does that say Plex gets this, right? Does that make Plex any attractive, any more attractive? Well, yeah, especially if they have unified search, right? So if your search capability in Plex will search through all of those services and show you, you know, hey, you're in Plex, I'm going to pull this from Netflix. If it just consolidates it from all the different services you pay for, yeah, I don't see how they're going to be able to do that, though, because I don't, I can't see a scenario where Netflix, Amazon, Hulu give up their interface. That's how you stay in their ecosystem, yeah. right? That's how they recommend stuff to you. That's how you find stuff. So I don't know how successful Plex would be. Um, right now, it would just works well for me because of you know it's where our TVs and movies are. It's where we put them. It's where we store them. Uh, it works really well, and it works well to share it out. And so that's it's 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 what works well for me. You know, Jim, I don't know. I wonder, though, is that shield powerful enough to do transcoding? Because, you know, I've noticed because I have a full, you know, my my Plex is running on an i7. And when even one stream is transcoding two streams, I mean, it, it uses as much CPU as you'll give it to give it a good experience. So I wonder if you had, you know, you put another one of your machines down there that's always on but not being used very often. I don't know if that would help a different test case, but I'm like you. So right now, this whole time, I've had the Plex app for Mac, the brand new one that just came out, open running um, the football game, live TV. And it is way better than the browser in terms of memory, right? So the, the CPU is down at nothing. Um, it even seems that it, it's giving it a better, um, hey, give me this quality of it or let me direct stream it because it's not transcoding, it's direct streaming. And I think whenever I run it in the browser, it tries to transcode it. Um, so maybe you're running into that. Maybe when you open the app, you're actually direct streaming instead of transcoding. And maybe that's why you're getting a good experience. Maybe that NVIDIA Shield just can't transcode very well. So maybe the app's doing a better job at, at giving it a you know an ability to do a direct stream. Yeah, the Shield is hardware optimized. So, I mean, it is, I mean, it's just one big video processor. Okay. That's all it's supposed to do. But I think you're right. Even that being said, and, and uh, you know, I'd welcome your comments, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv, if you want to dialogue on this in our Discord group, Facebook group, whatever. Um, but I think it, I, I don't think the browser version of it is good. Now, this is where Plex is uh, in their announcement of getting rid of some of their app stuff. They, they're trying to push everything to the browser. I don't know if the browser is good, just to be 100%. No, I think they're the opposite. They're trying to push everyone to an app. Okay. 
okay, that that was a, my I thought because when they killed the TV functionality, they were like, "Hey, look, we've got a web app that does this, and you can just use our web app." That was that's what they said uh, in, in, when they when they were doing that. So, you know, it's it's kind of you know, the, which I was like, mm, I don't know if the browser experience is the best experience. Functionally, though, functionally, it's it's got everything functionally you need. It's actually laid out pretty well. They've been yeah. working on the, you know, they've been working on the menuing systems, and it's hard to do. You know, anytime you create an app that does a million things, right? And 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 Plex does, including giving you all the control that you want to change anything. Like you go into the dashboard, it's pretty complicated. It's got a dashboard now that monitors what's coming in outside of your network and what's being done on the inside of your network, right? I mean, it's it's pretty good, but options equal confusion. And I, I think in some of those cases, um, you know, it can be kind of confusing of finding things. When an app gets that complicated, I have no patience for people who say it's not intuitive. Now, there there are times when, you know, you can create things that are complex and make them simple. But for, to be honest with you, from anytime things are super complex, it's going to take a little bit of a learning curve to figure out just where everything is. Um, it's like flying. That's why pilots have checklists. You know, it'd be like a pilot coming into an airplane, which, by the way, we've been flying for a long time now and saying, yeah, these controls aren't very intuitive. You know, there's too many of them. Well, you kind of want some control. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, anyways. Um, I've had a hard, I'm having a hard time walking away from Plex. I don't, I really like it, you know? And Joe was saying in the chat room, he found lifetime pass deal for 75 bucks. So I think there are deals going on and that's probably the right thing to do is buy it at that price, right? When it gets in there, but it's, it's, I want to love it. I want to do it. And then, uh, I don't know why, I, I guess maybe I feel like sometimes I shouldn't. You know? Well, because Windows Media Server is still working for you, right? It is. Yeah, it's working for Sarah. Let's for be Sarah, honest. Yeah, yeah. I don't use it. I don't ever use it. I'm Once that stops, though, Plexel. And I think, but quickly, going back to your point of when they were talking about, you know, there's a browser. I think what Plex was saying there is, hey, like, we have all these apps that are built into platforms like Roku, Apple TV, Xbox, really anywhere you want the app, you can get it now. And if you do want to run it on kind of one of those PCs plugged into a TV, I mean the one way you still could do that, they're saying like technically you can with the browser is what they're right. kind of referred to. But I think they want everyone to go to the app. And, and, you know, I know Joe mentioned it and people mentioned it in the weeks past that the one thing it's missing is HD uh, audio pass-through. And that's true. Hopefully that comes in the future. Um, it is the one downside of that. But uh, overall, the you know, the Plex experience, I have it on, I use the app on Mac. I use the iOS apps and then Roku and Xbox. So I use I use it on a lot of platforms, and it just it just works everywhere. Um, Roku, I'm so shocked that a twenty five dollar Roku stick can just give super high quality uh, Plex streams and stuff like that. It, it, it handles like a champ, no problem. Um, and so you know, getting one of those is, is sometimes I think just a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd almost rather Sarah start with the app on her phone. And then either Chromecast it or send it, you know, whatever mm -hmm. uh, that way. And so the remote control is her phone from here on out. And she chooses, she picks and chooses. Because I'll be honest with you. Here's how she watches TV. Hold on. Let me, let me back this up. Here's how my wife watches TV. Okay. Here's the TV's up here. Here's oh, okay. Up. TV's not on her phone. Okay. No, no. no. She, she I, I come around the corner. 
she's on her phone. You can't see this, but she's on her phone playing a game or t- talking to somebody, whatever. And I'm like, why don't we just, why don't we make the phone your remote control? You can control the volume. You can control what you want to watch. You can fast forward. You can do all that. We'll just do it through Plex and do it, kind of do it that way. Um, I've been suspicious of the way it records and TV, you know, taking the commercials out and some of those kinds of things. Now that so I'm going full time, I've opened up full speed. I'm recording a whole bunch of stuff and I'm going to try and consume it. Uh, I think that's kind of the direction we're headed. And if I, I think if I could get, I think maybe if the lifetime does pop up again, I think maybe, uh, maybe I'll pick it up. What do you run your Windows Media Server on? Uh, it's an old uh, Core i3. And is that the actual machine that's plugged into the TV that she watches it on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's it. Okay. Because I was going to say, if you don't end up doing that, just make sure what's going to turn her off is if she has the same trouble you did, right? If you're running it as a server on NVIDIA Shield and the Shield doesn't have enough transcode power and she's constantly buffering and running into problems, you know, I think you're going to lose her pretty quick. So so you probably have to either put Plex on that box then when you replace it. Um, or just put Plex, the server, on one of your beefier machines down in your basement, and she can do it remotely through an app on on something up there. Yeah, I'll have to try that out. You could, use, you could switch it out, right? You could use the Shield as more of the client instead of the server. I, I actually think I could run... I have to test it, but I think I could, from the, from the app on my phone, from the Plex iPhone app, bring it up, Chromecast it to the TV. Oh, yeah. And I think I'm going to get some pretty good quality that way. And yeah, you so, probably could. Just get her used to the app on her phone. It's Android. So um, that would be pretty easy. Uh, Plex has got Chromecast abilities. Or, again, you know, you could do it Roku, whatever. Um, worst case, Saria, just get another NVIDIA Shield. And so still continue to run this off the Shield, but run it up run it up there. I want to keep it as simple as possible. It's To me, it seems to just make sense to make her phone the control for yeah. what we're doing. So... Um, I think that's the direction we're heading. I do need to test that. So I'll, I'll spend some time kind of getting that done this week. Plex just does not want to let go uh, in, in that area. It just does not. And, man, I watched some football games on it uh, this this last week, and, God, it looks so good. It looked great coming off the HD uh, antenna. So oh, yeah. um, super cool. One of the things, one of the other things, long-term projects I've been thinking about is a generator. So from time to time, you know, we've had some things come through. We had a tornado come through a couple of years ago, wiped us out for four days. It took forever to get the power back on. I almost ended my marriage that week because Sarah was not very patient. We lost a bunch of meat and there was some mistakes on my end. But so I've always thought, you know, it'd be kind of cool to have a, you know, I, for a thousand bucks, I can get a really nice, pretty quiet Honda generator that would at least run the fridges, right? So last night I'm surfing around a little bit, looking for some, you know, some things on um, like to talk about tonight. And there's kind of a new line of these battery power generators is what they're calling them. And they give you the ability, um, you can kind of see here, this these generators are sitting on the back of a truck. Um, but in, in the Kickstarter, in the Kickstarter world, Delta is making these in the Kickstarter world. They um, they're selling for like six ninety nine seven or seven ninety nine not that much different than the gas powered ones, and of course um, they're getting they they get they've had a lot of backers on this and they're doing pretty well they've um, they have they've almost raised a million dollars for these things. Uh, the idea is and let me find this there was some stats so 
the idea is there's a recharge. So once you do use it up, it'll recharge from zero to 80% in 60 minutes on a regular power source. So if you were, say you were in a place and you needed, you were using one of these and the power was out, you, in theory, I could drive it somewhere where there is power, plug it in, charge it, bring it back. I'd be good for another 24 hours, depending on what I'm, what I'm running on this. They are touting right now a lifetime battery warranty, which because I had to replace the batteries in my Honda and my hybrid, and, you know, you start kind of worrying about this kind of thing. It has six 1800 watt AC wall outlets that are in there. And, and there they tout, like you can run your chop saw, your skill saw, a heater. Now it doesn't last as long with some of those things, but has enough draw on it. You can run some of these. They're like, put it in your shop and we can run power tools off this thing. Comes with universal solar input, so if you have solar panels, you can char- recharge the thing back off with with um, solar panels. And um, you know, so they do some things. They're really going after gas generators at this point. They're you know, well, hey, gas generators, you got all this maintenance, 150 a year. Here's the real cost. Once you buy one of these, the annual cost of maintenance on these things um, is zero. By the way, we're, we have a lifetime warranty on them, so the batteries we're always going to replace um, the batteries on it. On the video, you can see uh, pretty easy. It's got a front input that's got a whole bunch of US, USB-A and, well, I shouldn't say a whole bunch, but two 12-watt USB-A and two 60-watt USB-C plus two uh, 28-watt fast chargers that are on the front. So think about it, Mike. You guys have a power outage. You probably have a bunch of things like phones and stuff you need to charge. Um, you could do that right off an LED screen on the front, six power plugs on the back. Um, pretty cool little unit. And they're touting if you kept this in your electric car. So say you have a, you know, a Tesla or whatever, and you run out of juice, this will give you, you can plug this in. It'll quick charge the car and get you another three to five miles to maybe get to someplace where you can charge up. Hmm. So it could be one of those things powerful enough to, to recharge the car. Again, on video, I'm showing the car. Um, we're, it's get, they're doing a demo of this thing coming off of an electric hammer, hammer drill, which 850-watt device uh, pulls a little juice when it does. It handles that. They When they talk about it, so like a 10-watt light bulb, 36 hours on that. That's pretty easy. Coffee maker, it'll make 50 to 60 cups of coffee. Air conditioner, it'll run at somewhere between a half an hour and let's just say three hours, right? I guess it depends on how big the air conditioner is. It'll run your electric grill, a hairdryer, flat screen television, your microwave. Now, <laughs> this is funny. It'll run a 1,000-watt micro or 650-watt microwave for 1 to 1.8 hours. Well, I, I don't know that many people that <laughs> run. But in an emergency, again, you could get your microwave working. Right? Yeah, you you want to do that? Cook a turkey in the microwave, yeah. 10 or 20 hours on your fridge, which, again, actually in an emergency, not a bad thing kind of thing. If I could plug my freezer in, get it back to a certain temperature – Unplug it because I have a bunch of cold packs in there that'll keep it, you know, for maybe eight or 10 hours. So it'll keep it cold in there. Right. Frying pan, drill, circular saw, blah, 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 blah. Drones. Here's here's your drone. Um, it could recharge your drones anywhere from 16 to 23 times. Recharge the laptop 25 times and uh, run a CPAP. Now, this is this is super interesting for this. So if you were out somewhere where you couldn't get power and you need CPAP to do this. It'll run it for 18 to 22 hours, which, and it's dead quiet. So this is actually one of those things where you go, oh, 
never really thought about that, right? So multi-purpose, multi, like could do, could do tons of stuff. Mike, as I'm thinking about gas versus electric or gas versus battery, are we getting to the, we're getting to the spot. We're having a couple battery backups around is enough uh, in this case, or do I still need that ability to put gas in it and run that thing 24 seven? Well, I think it depends on use case. So from what you just described to me and you ran through the the time they could run all those machines, this to me seems like a perfect camping battery, right? Instead of loading up a big Honda generator uh, when I go camping, throw this thing in because those time frames are perfect for like a two-day camp trip, two, three-day camping trip. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be using a ton of electricity when you're out there, but if you want to bring a coffee machine if you want to bring you know whatever i don't know what you need to charge but if you need to bring a laptop right if you're working while you're camping something like that this to me is perfect because it's it, there you don't have to bring the gas with it it's you know it's easier put it in there i think for more of the home um your bat your power is going out for two three days because a tree limb cut something you know things like that i still want the honda generator um i think this would be great also for like uh, quick going out to a work site if you are doing something with like construction, right? You need to do one really quick thing. You're heading out there. You don't want to load up the generator, things like that. So I think it definitely has its use cases. And I think that would be, that might be actually the first generator I would buy because for me, I'm not really looking for something that's going to keep my house going for a few days. If I am, I'm going to do something a little bit bigger than that. But I would use one of those in way more circumstances um, than I would a Honda generator in my every day-to-day life, right? I'm thinking, how many times do I take that Honda generator places? Like, even camping, I would love to have one. I'm probably not going to haul it camping, uh, unless I had a nice big camper or something like that. But just if we're packing up the traverse and, and heading out, I would. but I would take that, and that would, that would solve actually a lot of big problems. The drone battery thing is huge. You know, how many times do you go to an event as a drone operator, and you don't, you have to go find a place to plug in your drone battery and you don't know where it's, you know, if you have that, you can charge it a bunch of times. Uh, there are people who go do remote drone shoots and having some, that would be a big benefit. And like you said, with the universal solar power, um, you could take that even on a longer camping trip, really. And if you had the solar panel, throw it up on top of the car and just keep that thing plugged in all the time. I'm wondering if it could even run some of like the camping fridges, um, yeah. Because they make the camping fridges that usually you would run off your car, but then you worry about your car battery getting below and not being able to start the car up. So if you had one of these that you then just threw out the uh, threw out the solar panel on top of your car, you can run a lot of stuff while you're yeah, ten to ten to twenty yeah. hours on a fridge, depending upon its draw. You know, so probably so those in, small camping fridges, not yeah. much draw on those. Yeah. Nothing like a big. I was thinking, Aaron. I sent Aaron a note this when I saw this last that's night. E- that's exactly who it would be perfect for. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, hey, did you guys look at these? I mean, yeah, you could build your own battery kind of, you know, like if you're going to put solar, you could put batteries in and get car batteries or whatever they use on the solar stuff. You could kind of build your own battery array. Um, but um, I, I think this is way more. Two of these. Plugged in smartly, recharging off when when you're parked, you recharge these off of your, um, you know, off of the solar panels that are up there. You they become kind of the base for you, and they're so freaking flexible. Like this is the yeah. thing you can do so many different things with them, and really manage the power load, uh, kind of in a way, and and really conveniently. Um, uh, Ron says they make a great battery, by the way, uh, a battery rig for a ham radio, 
when you have a field day and you're outside, Mike. That was another thing I was thinking about. It would make a perfect field day for ham yeah. radio. And uh, the other Jim brought up a good point too. Um, yeah, for the tailgate and still hear the game. Perfect. Yeah. And then his next one, no carbon monoxide risk. I'm thinking when you said the CPAP machine, you can bring this thing in and put it next to your bed. Well, right. So, yeah. Yeah. I just, I kind of think, you know, if you need that kind of device or any kind of medical device and you're in a place, typically you might be restricted to power in, in right. these kinds of things, you could bring this along with you and really fulfill that battery requirement um, for long periods of time. And I, I so we're again, we're getting to that place where these batteries are getting so good and uh, the technology around this. Currently, Kickstarter, the link will be in the show notes if you want to go out. I'm actually thinking about buying one of these. But because um, it would fill in a um, it would fill in a gap, even without a gas power generator, it would fill in a pinch where I could there's some things I could do to manage. Like I said, freezer, I, I've actually packed. So we've got these we've gotten these um, freezer packs from HelloFresh and I've kept a bunch of them at the bottom of the freezer. Just if we lose power again, they're going to help me keep that area cold for a little bit longer than if I had nothing in there, right? That'll, that, that'll help me help me do that. I can move some down to the fridge. But if I could turn the freezer on for mm, two hours, I could probably get that temperature back to freezing, freeze everything back up again, then unplug it and move it on to something else, run the computers or right. whatever, right? And then in theory, if I needed to, I could take the thing to work with me, charge it up. It charges, you get 100% charge really fast on that. It'd be ready to go to bring home to run various things again here. Now, it's not going to run my air conditioner. Yeah, it's not going to run the heater here in the house. It's it's not going to be that way. But then neither is a Honda generator either, just to be honest. No, right? yeah. You're not going to do that. So um, um, I, I think I sometimes do PA, you know, I, I do a little DJ work, a little MC work. And when you're outside, that's always the challenge. And if you got a loud generator and the Honda ones, the thousand dollar ones are pretty quiet. Like you can hide those around a corner somewhere and they're kind of a, you know, this is, you could just put right next to you. You could put it right next to your stuff, your, and play it. And it could be right there because it doesn't make any noise. It would make the kind of the, the perfect kind of, uh, you know, I bet I could probably get four or five, six hours off of it. Ooh, you think? A gig. Depends on what kind of speakers you're running. Well, let's see. Um, yeah, that's true. And, and, and hey, you'd what be the running wattage, quite a few things at once. What the wattage? Well, you would be running your amplifier out to the right. speakers. My speakers are non-powered. So I have an amp that amps them. And I think it's a 300 watt. Uh, and so as I look at that, oh, I already closed it. Uh, did, I, did I leave it open? Let's see. So let's go back. Yeah, I closed it. Oh, again. It's it's giving me some options. Yeah, it definitely opens up the doors. Um, so I th I thought those were pretty pretty cool. If you go to their Kickstarter, I th I think you can still take advantage of their Kickstarter um, prices. If you get those right now, the one thousand, the Delta one thousand, it's on a super early bird. It's six ninety nine. If you go with their thirteen hundred, um, seven ninety nine. That's not bad pricing for what you're getting here. And then they do have kind of a, what they call a portable energy bundle. So it's a grand 11, or let's say 1100 bucks. It's 1099. You get um, a solar panel. You get 110 watt solar panel with mm. it um, as well. So it's the 1300 version with a solar panel, the charging cable and everything that you need. Um, 
the estimated delivery date is December 2019. So they're not, this isn't something you can get today. You can unwrap it under the, under the tree, you know, Jim. and then power the tree with it. <laughs> there you plug, go. Plug the, Hey, look, honey, plug the tree. Hopefully it comes fully charged. I can run this tree for two days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, super cool. Uh, and, and maybe a little cool little gadget that again, I, I, I'm with you. I, I still like, I still like to have a gas generator that uh, I have around just for that. Mike, finally, um, as we kind of close things out, you've seen them and I've seen them. We have maybe every city in the nation struggling with this. We have these, these scooters, these electric scooters, right. That, that are getting put everywhere around town. I really thought they disappear by now, but for whatever reason, they're everywhere. Every morning when I drive in, they're meticulously parked in rows on the corners downtown. I drive through downtown to get to work. You probably, uh, I don't, you do, you don't have them out there in your area. Do no, you? no, nope. okay. they stop at uh 680. Okay. So, and that's our Western edge. That's the interstate that kind of skirts down or really now splits East and West. Omaha, it does. Yeah. Right yeah. Now. It's so, like central. And so, um, which is kind of weird because 60th used to be central, but now it's 100, <laughs> 114th. Huh? Yeah. Um, so, or yeah, hundredth. So, um, they're everywhere, but what happens when a hurricane comes through? And you have the potential. You're in Orlando, by the way. I was just in Orlando. They're everywhere in Orlando. And you have the potential for 140, 150, 160 mile an hour winds. And these things become missiles, right? Um, so the companies, uh, Hurricane came through Florida this weekend. Fortunately, hasn't, I don't know if it's been as bad as they thought. It's kind of yeah, skipped, really hasn't skipped by Florida. South Carolina's getting hammered right now. Um, Tony, are you getting, you get much weather? You're in that area, right? Um, he's in the chat room. So he's here tonight. So it's obviously he's not hunkered down in a bunker somewhere, but um, these things become missiles. So the companies announced earlier this week that they would actually be having their staff go out, pick them all up and secure them in some way to make sure that, that in this, in this weather event, we did not have hundreds, maybe thousands of missiles um, being launched. Isn't that crazy? It's again one of those. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here in Nebraska, where we have tornadoes, you would not be able to respond that fast. Tornadoes, you don't get. You get ten minutes of warning, maybe five, and uh, you, those things would absolutely just get picked up and rocked through. Well, and the liability of sending your people who are charging these up, I thought, like, hey, go pick these up, go outside, and uh, <laughs> and you should go pick up some scooters. Man, no. <laughs> so uh good for you lime i'm thinking about lime and, and i got the story out of the verge uh, bird and spin yeah yeah and they um uh, good for them for kind of thinking through this like yeah we're gonna go um we're gonna go pick these up so they <laughs> they don't go flying around the city uh and you know there's been a lot i mean i have been surprised the staying power of those things so far now it'll be interesting to see if they come back next year the i think in the city of omaha they have to be off the streets by october 1st oh do they really i think so yeah i oh, think okay. um i think here in the city of omaha i could be wrong but uh this is what uh my understanding was so the mayor authorized them to be here for six months in the summer i think march april may june July, august so maybe April through October or okay. April through September. Then it was a test period. Pull them off the streets. Let's just see what, let's see how they do. I'm sure the city gets a cut of this in some way, tax revenue on them or something associated with it. 
certainly, Mike, I have spent this the, this summer. I've spent more time in the old market downtown. That's our downtown area than I've ever spent. Maybe combined, like I've been here almost thirty years. This summer, I spent more time in the old market than maybe the other twenty nine years combined. Don't ask me why, because I'm smoking cigars. And I was, they're going to say it. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're everywhere, and people are using them. Right, they're not just out there just laying there. People are people are using them. Yeah. Well, what's been interesting is people. The I watched people figure try to figure them out. So they come up to them. They're curious, so they grab them and they start moving them. And the alarms go off. Yeah, right. <laughs> they start squawking. Then they immediately stop, put them down, and uh, get their phone out. There's instructions on them, and and you know download the app. You got to fund the app some money, and then uh, check them out. During the College World Series, there were just they were God, they were everywhere. Um, after the game, after the championship game, I was down there, and there were just people riding them all over the place. So. I think from a use case perspective, they've been really popular. Well, in the tourist cities, I think I mentioned this before when we talked about them, but you know, when I went with my in-laws to Nashville, that's how we got around. We even had our cars because we drove our cars too there. We drove, we didn't fly. And uh, we used the scooters, all of us, the whole family. We were a scooter gang. We had like eight of us on these scooters, Um, (laughs) scootering around Nashville. Yeah, we were. We were like a little scooter gang. It was awesome. And they were the perfect way to get around Nashville. Yeah, that was great. Hey, dude, just eight of you pull up, just surround surround them. Uh, Yeah, I know. It's been pretty cool. Before we close, uh, last week I talked, I think it was last week, talked a little bit about the the exploding battery. Speaking of batteries, this is not what it's supposed to look like. It looks worse than I thought it would. I know. I pulled it out of the kangaroo. So I talked about, if you're listening on the audio, I talked about how the battery, and I shouldn't even squeeze it this way. Um, I talked about how the battery had puffed out again on the kangaroo and still worked, but it, um, yeah, it was not good. I did not want to leave it plugged in. You said to me, can you just unplug the battery and use the kangaroo? And I said, I think, I think I'm done with it anyways, whatever. I, th- I think that's what I said. But then I got thinking after the show and I was like, well, I don't know, maybe I can. So I went in, ripped it apart, uh, took the battery out, put it back together, put the drive back in, plugged it in. Sure enough, works without the battery. Now that thing's a POS, anyways. Let's just be real clear. Those kangaroos. It does some things okay. <laughs> turn yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. So put I, Linux on I, it. It runs. A I, they were on the show, and I appreciate you being kind. But they're they are not great. Like anytime I would, Windows updates really struggled on that thing for a long time. Finally, they got really good. But it was the it was a Windows update that heated this thing up to to what it you know kind of what it became and this is the right. problem these batteries would get hot and they would just you know they do this um i have to take this to best buy and drop it in the battery recycle here pretty quick so it doesn't i, I think i'm plugged i think i'll be okay so um the 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 i think it's i think it's unplugged is it no it's still plugged in i plugged it back in tried it it worked and then i was kind of like well i ordered a dvi cable or a video cable for the because it was running this monitor right here, the monitor that runs the background for me. The, right. right. That's all it really did. Well, the Surface can do that just fine. So I think I'm going to pull it out of the cycle, and I think it's time to recycle it. Um, I just can't. Now, I tell you what, if you're listening, I'll hold on to this for a little while. If you're listening to this and you think you can kind of use this in some way, no battery, no warranty, just the way it is, send me an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv. If you're here in the United States, I probably can't ship this overseas and have it make sense, but pretty light. I could probably get it to you 
And if you think you can make use of it, I'll send it to you. How's that sound? I'll wipe it out, uh, clear it, or maybe just reinstall Windows. So it's back up. Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. Maybe we can recycle that through the community. I'd really kind of like it in a situation where you really need it, or you're gonna have, you've got some kind of weird use for it. And then uh, we can talk about it on the show. So if you want to do that, Jim at the Ever- And at the if you remember, TV. one of the cool things about those machines was that you could actually use an iPad as the screen, as a touchscreen for it. So if you wanted to run Windows mobily with an iPad, uh, that was one of the benefits is that you connect with the cable and then you get a touchscreen monitor for the, for the kangaroo. I was actually just Googling to see if they're even still around. Uh, you can still get it on Newegg, but can I cannot. You? Yeah. yeah uh, but I cannot find any website. I put it back together. So it's not, it's not protruding anymore. There's just no battery in it anymore. So what was the company that used to make, the, what was they called? Still have the box. I'll send it to you in the box. So Mike, yeah, I don't think they're around anymore. We made it. We made it. We made it through another, Another one here and done. If you're listening live, uh, stay around for a few minutes post-show. I want to thank everybody uh, for coming out and for listening. Uh, I want to thank everybody and those who sponsor us on Patreon for uh, that kind of helps. I, I just I just renewed the apps with Spreaker. If you're using the apps, head out to the homegadgetgeeks.com and you can download those iPhone, Android. Some of you do. I, I get those. The Spreaker numbers are not bad. So if you want to do that, um, head over to homegadgetgeeks.com. We appreciate your support on Patreon. Discord group is theaverageguy.tv slash Discord. You can join us on Facebook at uh, theaverageguy.tv slash Facebook. Don't forget to contact us, Jim, at theaverageguy.tv. Uh, big big shout out and a big thanks. I spent some time in the beginning of the show talking about this. Uh, big thanks to Christian for just rocking it on our hosting. Uh, you can get high-speed, reliable hosting from people that you know and you trust. And of course, you know, that's Christian maplegrovepartners.com. He's got some super awesome hosting and plenty of room and he loves home gadget geek listeners. So if you want to get that done home, uh, head out to maplegrovepartners.com. Mike, did you continue doing HelloFresh? I did. Uh, We've been doing like every other week. Okay. So we just did it last week. Um, I made the mistake. I did not know there were some that cost more than the others. Mm. So I got like, I didn't order. I ordered a premium one, which was really good though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I actually posted it in the discord. Um, okay. so if you want to yeah. see a picture of it in the general, it was some uh, crusted chicken with bacon spread over the top, asparagus with mashed potatoes. It's been good. It's been real yeah, good. Yeah. It's I, about 10 bucks more. I think if you do it on a two person um, it's like yeah. five bucks a person yeah. that way. Usually a little better meat or a premium cut or something along those lines. So yeah, but I think this one like the asparagus, right? It was chicken and asparagus and bacon. So yeah. you kind of were getting oh, three, that's, three that's quality stuff bacon. there. He had bacon. I've never seen bacon in HelloFresh. Oh, dude, Have it was had... these thick slices too. Have you? Have we? Oh yeah, we had cauliflower bacon mac and cheese and. That was that's the only time we've seen bacon in HelloFresh, but we had beef teriyaki uh, over rice with uh, broccoli. Yeah, beef teriyaki broccoli over rice last night or two nights ago. Super good. Like the, I need to look it up. There was one that so I did the order and then I showed him what we got and we both. She was like, "Why did you get this?" And I was like, "Oh, you're right. I don't know. That's going to be awful." And we, it was our favorite meal we have had. It was one of those like totally surprising. Have you had that where you've got something from them? Uh-huh. And like, I don't know. It was like a low end pick, right? Like a low yeah. draft choice. And it ended yeah. up being like a, 
or you make a mistake and get a veggie one where you're like, oh, I don't know, oh, yeah. like, oh, no protein. And then right. you get it and you're like, dang, this is pretty good. This is wow. So it's been, I've just enjoyed cooking them. We've got one more. I don't know when we're going to do it for this week. Maybe, I guess, tomorrow night. Oh, no, we've got we've got friends coming over tomorrow night. So I guess we'll do it Saturday night. We and keep a week. The they do. sometimes you have yeah. to refresh the vegetable, and you know, cor- carrots, carrots in particular don't. Yeah, Sarah's saying carrots and green onions don't will not make it a week if you leave them in your fridge a week. Right. Um, but um, it's, this one was a uh, crispy chickpea tabula bowl. I think this one. What this one was a veggie one. Um. Oh my gosh, it was so good. Hannah ended up making it again with just going to Hy-Vee and getting the yeah. ingredients. It was so yeah. good. Right off the right off the menu. Yeah. Uh, Andrew says, I like fake bacon or faking. <laughs> fake bacon. Faking. I like it. If you um you want to try HelloFresh, I've got coupons that'll get you a week for free. Mike did it. And uh, again, I don't do this because I make anything off of it. I do it. Well, I do make some I make some weight off of it because it's delicious. <laughs> So if you want to get uh, if you want to get some HelloFresh, let me know Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv, and I'll send you that coupon, and you get a week for free. Like I said, you don't have to do it every week. You can do it every other week. You can do it every third week. They literally do not care. You just cancel for the week. You have to do it. You have to do it before the shipping. You got to give them a little bit of time. You can't do it like the day before they ship. But um, they got a plan for God's sakes. So just cancel it. And uh, and you're done. No guilt, Mike. Have they ever guilted you when you took a week off? Like, hey, where did you go? No, never. Yeah, no. They really don't care. And you could do multiple weeks off the app in advance, so you could be. Like, oh, hey, I, I've done be- that actually. Because I did last yeah. week off. I did this week, or sorry, this week and next week off. Because I knew those two words weren't going to work well for what we're doing. Yeah, and I think you can plan up six weeks out or something like that, so you can you can have it all planned out. Or you can kind of do it week over week. So let me know, Jim at the average guy.tv. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at the average guy.tv slash live. Talked about the, in the beginning of the show some stuff that's coming up, and hopefully you join us live. Come out Thursday, uh, the average guy.tv forward slash live. We'll get you there. Stay around. If you're listening live, stay around for a little bit of post show. With that, we'll say goodnight. Everybody.